Hello, and welcome to City Daily, a Lent podcast. My name is Mandy. We've arrived together at Holy Week. We know how the week ends, and we're so excited to celebrate it next Sunday. And it's all too easy to skip over the pain and suffering leading up to the momentous victory. So I want to take some time right now to remember what our Savior walked through. And he did all of that so that we could have relationship with him. So take a deep breath. Try to sit comfortably. And if possible, close your eyes. Imagine yourself in Jesus' shoes as I read all of this to you. Imagine riding on a donkey into Jerusalem. There are people laying down their coats for you to trample upon. They shout, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Many smile, some wave palm branches. But you also see the Pharisees in the crowds. They're scowling, planning, and yelling insults at you. Your friends, the 12 closest disciples, have planned a meal according to your instructions. There, you confront Judas about his treachery, but you don't stop him. You tell your friends that you will leave them soon, but that they should never stop having communion together in remembrance of your broken body and poured out blood. They look at you with shock and fear on their faces. They say they can't lose you, but you know you must go because the world needs your pain and suffering. And because you know what's coming, you're racked with emotional pain as you pray alone later in a garden away from your friends. They somehow can't even manage to stay awake while you pray and keep watch for danger. You confront them about it, but it happens again. The amount of loneliness you feel is crushing. You beg the Father to prevent the pain and do anything else than what you knew your obedience will cost you. Yet, you love the Father more. In fact, you tell Him you want His will, not yours. Later, You're exhausted, covered in bloody sweat, when Judas approaches you, confirming what you already know. His greed has ruined his heart and he has sold you out. Your heart breaks even more. Your other friends are either outraged or run away in fear that they're next. You are abandoned. You're drugged before the Sanhedrin where they condemn you in front of an angry mob. You refuse to deny who you are, but you don't fight them about it. You know that you must go along with it all. That's what your father wants. Next, your friend Peter, in his great fear, denies you once, twice, and then three times to try to evade the capture and save himself. You hear a rooster crow and know it has happened as you said. 
you are once again abandoned. You end up in the presence of Pilate. He doesn't want to make the decision to condemn you. So he passes you off to Herod. He doesn't find any fault with you either, but still just hands you back to Pilate. You know Pilate is wavering, and inside you wish that you didn't know he would cave to the vigilante mob waiting for Pilate's decision. Pilate's cowardly nature reveals when he gives the crowd an option to pardon you or a known criminal. And you're not surprised, but even more brokenhearted when they choose the wrong man. The crowd has won and they begin tearing your clothes away, beating you, ripping your flesh with whips, shoving a crown of thorns on your head and mocking you as you stumble through the streets carrying the very instrument that will kill you. You know your mom is nearby, but there's nothing she can do. You must keep going. At some point you fall, and another man picks up the cross for you. You're bleeding head to toe. You've never known such pain. But the weight of the world's sin is even worse. The soldiers drag you from the city, through its gates, and up a hill called Golgotha. You've known about this place because it's where they put criminals to death. The reality of what's about to happen sinks in further. Nails hold you in place to the rough wood of the cross, and they hoist you up until the cross slams down into its post hole. Your position near two thieves. Just like when you were tempted in the desert for 40 days, one thief spoke up and said to prove you're the Messiah by saving yourself and them. And then the other thief next to you rebukes the other, saying that they deserve the crucifixion, but you don't. And that same thief manages to muster one last ounce of faith by asking you to remember him when you get to heaven. And you tell him, still holding your compassion for others, that he will be with you in paradise. As you look down, you see your mom and dear friend John weeping and terrorized by what is happening to you. You tell them to take care of each other because they are family now. You're fighting for breath as you struggle and sag against the ragged wood of the cross. The gravity of the sin of the world is crushing you. You shout out to the Father, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You feel the separation from God for the first time ever. And suddenly you're so thirsty. In one final act of cruelty, they give you vinegar instead of water. But they don't know that you yourself are a drink offering, fully poured out. You say one last thing. It is finished. And it is finished. Life conquered death when Jesus gave everything and bore all our sin and shame. 
take some time right now, or even a little later in the day, to remember his sacrifice for you. I encourage you to listen to the song, Oh Praise the Name, by Shane and Shane. Let it speak to the mighty love and power he demonstrated for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. <laughs> 